We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Let's talk about the Alabama game. Yeah, yeah, let's start off with that. That'd be a good like uh, cold fool. open there. That off good old Bobby from my house for another. Ooh, I haven't been threatened to be months. canceled in a while. This, this will be fun. <laughs> I All think right. one of uh, BB's cousins was that guy that jumped in the uh, Dude, jumped in the whole, aquarium at Bass Pro Shop. That whole uh. that whole twenty four hour period in Leeds was it might as well have been Mad Max. Yeah, because, uh, like I sent, I what well, I sent something in there about what was it? Uh, the day before when I sent that thing about like the water or something in fucking Leeds, and then it yeah. just cascade. I caused that cascade somehow. I caused me mentioning the water supply in Leeds caused a bomb threat, and I got to jump in the Bass Pro Shop like fish tank. I feel like it was like that scene in uh, Kingsman that like free birds is just playing in the background <laughs> and leads and just like pure yeah. chaos everywhere. It's just... <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Well, I guess, I guess I'll open the show now. Um, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to episode whatever this is of the Jeb Board podcast. I think it's like 19, maybe 20. I don't know. Um, hope everybody had a great New Year and Christmas and holidays and Kwans and Hanukkah. Uh, Hanukkah. Yeah, I forgot Hanukkah. Yeah, that's, that's fans listening. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure we had to throw uh, Hanukkah in there. Um, this is Grayson Applin recording out of Atlanta, Georgia, alongside when we got the full crew this week. Uh, the Arthur Smith appreciator, uh, Brandon Black, uh, the Joe Barry's future, uh, mercenary, Kyle Overhart, um, Den- Dennis Alice, uh, Dennis Allen's, uh, ball boy, uh, Caleb Naylor, and then, uh, where are the Chargers, Nick Noah. So guys, how was, uh, how was everybody's New Year's and, uh, Christmas? I'm just kidding. I don't care. So, um, <laughs> moving into, I don't celebrate. Yeah. Or yeah, I, as a, uh, as an Auburn fan, I don't, I didn't celebrate the uh, music city bowl. So I, I completely agree there. Um, I actually got to go to the peach bowl, uh, this past weekend, I guess, what was that new year's Eve or the Saturday before new year's Eve or whatever it was. Um, pretty cool little atmosphere. I wish it was a better game. Penn state kind of got skull drug. Um, especially in the second half. I mean, it was a pretty tight game for the first half. The second half, Old Miss kind of ran away with it. Um, I know Nick had some choice words for uh, Lane Kiffin on our Twitter account uh, that week. It was the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. He finally won a game at the uh, in Georgia. So congrats to Lane Kiffin. Um, he's losing his players and don't worry, he's a good transfer recruiter, but that's it. So at the same point, like I said, he can get all his, uh, fifth year transfers in and try and make a difference, but you know, maybe the 12 man playoff will help him. Yeah. Well, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be the the 12 seed or the 11 seed getting Mm -hmm. in every, every year and then get the first round exit to whoever it is, uh, when they play. Old Dominion or New Mexico State or whoever they play. 
So, um, well, I guess we'll go ahead and get in the highlights and lowlights, guys. Um, I guess a highlight for BB is um, uh, the Falcons, right? Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, or somebody on Twitter posted a job application and he filled out Arthur Smith's job application to FedEx. Oh my god. <laughs> he like he like transported it. Uh, yeah, he's awful. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Couldn't imagine like a better send off for such a terrible coach. Yeah. <laughs> and like and and you know it's it, I like it because honestly, I don't think that that game could have ended any better for both BB and I as a Saints fan because all it did was highlight why Dennis Allen is so terrible. Like he turned something that should have been something celebrated, you know, Jamal Williams getting his only touchdown on the season. And then him and Arthur Smith have a spat about, uh, you know, them running up the score. And then Dennis Allen just throws it, throws the, all the players under the bus said, well, they audibled. I called a kneel. Yeah. So well, this game um, made somehow managed to make both of our coaches look terrible. Falcons lost the battle, but won the war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, Loomis is going to stick with Allen. So, well, Arthur Blank said he's torn about whether or not to fire him like 12 hours ago. So, I don't know. Well, maybe well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully he didn't die over the past 12 hours because uh, if he saw what we saw, then um, he should have his reasoning. Well, didn't he say something about like, you know, when asked about it, he was like, well, let's see how this game goes. And it kind of depends on a lot of about that and so i mean letting up 48 and i know some of it was in garbage time but still i mean it just felt apart, i want them to so. score more honestly well and I, this kind of goes in with what we're talking about here like how many coaches do you think that we'll see gone because I, I like i was on the phone with somebody earlier and i mentioned like with the coaches that are already gone so we got brandon staley the coaches uh the coach Thank from God. josh uh, mcdaniels josh mcdaniels from the raiders we're up to four you were up patriots to four. yes uh, Josh McDaniels, Brandon Staley, uh, Bill Belichick, and Frank Reich at Panthers. Yeah, oh, I uh, forgot about Frank Reich. And they just announced today Ron Rivera is more than likely getting moved on from. Uh-huh. So that's up to five. Arthur Smith, more than likely. That's up to six. Uh, oh, who was it? There's like two more. Um, hold on. Potentially Dennis Allen. Yeah, Dennis Allen, I would have to say, is in that discussion, although I think it's pessimistic they'll move on from him. He's de- There's definitely – he's on a hot seat for sure. Yeah. Has, is there any word on the Cardinals coach uh, over the past, like – It's his first year. I think they're keeping uh, Oh, yeah, it's uh, Gannon. Never mind. Yeah. What do you all think? No, it's Murr. What do you yeah. all – so this is a little more speculative. What do you all think of Doug Peterson? Do you think that they'll ride it out with Doug Peterson or Jaguars starting to get He's doing that? just enough. He's yeah. doing just enough to – keep him relevant i mean he's he's a big time name coach you can say but uh but yeah no i mean i guess they should move on from him yeah but i don't think they will yeah i think mike tomlin should be fired yeah but I don't get actually... me wrong i think he's a great coach and he's done well enough to do what he can but i think me and grayson talked about this or grayson made this point but he keeps them in purgatory. He keeps them just good enough to not get a good draft pick, but never actually compete in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, you know, if we ever had a losing season, has he? No, exactly, he has no. never had a losing season. But and sometimes, I, like, sometimes organizations just need new, fresh faces. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. If we way. had been discussing this like a couple weeks back or something or earlier in the season, I would have said, you know, yeah, he's definitely on a hot seat. But now that they're somehow squirreling their way into the playoffs, I think they're stuck with him. Again, yeah. I think I think it goes back. I think it's a testament to how good Mike Tomlin is, is as an actual coach, being oh, able sure. to take this ragtag group of these play. Like, I mean, he's been through three quarterbacks this year so far with uh, – Kenny Smallhands Pickett, Bitch Trubisky, and uh, now we got January 6th truther uh, Mason Rudolph or Randolph or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, huh? It's Miles Garrett smoked on the head of his own helmet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, then, he's, and then you got to think about all the problematic receivers that have come through the Steelers while he's been there. Yeah. I mean, the, the only really shining bright spot that they have is their running back room and their defense, realistically. So I saw a stat today. The what they ended up, what, 10 and 7? Is that is that where yeah. the Steelers ended up? Yeah. yeah. They were they were 10 and 7, and they still got outscored by 20 points this year. Mm-hmm. They ended with a winning record, but a negative point differential. So, so the Vikings of this year. Yeah, pretty much. So, but yeah, they um well and going into like uh I mean, some other teams, like, I guess going back to the Jaguars, uh, I was, ta- again, talking with uh, my buddy Milton, who's a big Jaguars fan, and he was talking about how that uh, – he thinks that Trevor Lawrence is a head case because he was sitting there watching the game, and Milton played at a collegiate level. He played for South Alabama, and um, he – I know maybe he's got some words to say. He, he was on the team that got beat by Air Force that one year. I know. Um, we won our bowl game. I don't hold no more grudges. Okay. <laughs> One of only two teams in the whole state of Alabama that won their bowl game. Exactly. And won 59 to 10 as well. But anyways, um, and then we – then 49 guys beat the hell out of that one guy from Eastern Michigan. But regardless, he he was watching the game, and he said that the play call for Jacksonville was, like, bad. Like, it was very simple, like, high school-level play calling. <clears throat> and so it kind of gets to the point of, number one – um, you got to have the personnel to be able to run these more convoluted or complex plays, right? And if your quarterback can't develop that and do that, even though he was a quote-unquote generational talent four years ago, there's your first issue. Second issue, and I mentioned this, and I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last episode of the podcast, but a lot of times these coaches, when they come under fire, and I'm this is more speaking about the Eagles right now than the um, the Jaguars, but same concept – these coaches, when they come under fire and come under scrutiny, they usually do one of two things. Either they go for these big, ballsy, like, plays, like these uh, – that it's a risk or reward thing. And it's like, why is that coach doing that? But nothing's going to be said if that play comes to fruition. You know, if they're calling, like, these 15, 20-yard passing plays and they're working out. So you had that train of thought, but you also have the conservative, like, I'm not going to draw any more attention to myself – and we're going to do QB draw, uh, running back draw, screenplay, punt. So I wonder if that's part of the reason why Jacksonville is doing that as well, because as, as soon as bye week hit this year, they they hit a wall. Yeah, they were 8-3. Yeah, they were 8-3 going into bye week, and they finished season – 9 and 8. 9-8. So, I, I mean, it's just – Kind of looking it, like the Eagles. Yeah, that, and that's another thing. The team I just brought up, the Eagles, I mean, they were getting beat 24 to nothing just a second ago for everybody in reference for everybody we're recording on uh, January 7th. Um, 
but we, uh, you know, we're recording on January 7th. We're finishing up the games right now and still trying to figure out the seating and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you would think the Eagles have a kind of a cakewalk win today against the Giants. And last time I checked, it was 24 to nothing. I obviously hadn't looked at it since then. But um, it looks what, still 24 to nothing. Yeah, still 24 to nothing in the third quarter. So, I mean, it's it's weird. It's, it's a very weird uh, weird how teams are falling apart, especially on the back half of the season. Well, they also started all their starters because of placement. You know, it was one of mm-hmm. those games that, you know, usually you start them in the first half, get a good lead, put in your backups, you know, that kind of like they were good enough to in the seating to where they didn't need to play their starters the entire game. Yeah, but they still wanted to win. Well, Jalen Hurts has dislocated his middle finger, but uh, that can cause issues. I don't think it'll sit him in the playoffs, but I think it can cause issues on some throws and some snaps, especially maybe even the under the uh, center snaps. But AJ Brown went down holding his knee, and so I don't know if he's come back yet. I'm not watching that game, but. uh, but yeah, I mean, like they've they've taken a little bit more of a loss than just the you know if they do lose, they've they've gotten some key pieces there of offense that's already been struggling. They they've lost them, so and the backup quarterback for uh for and Devontae Smith is still hurt too, um so your number one is now Quez Watkins, um so yeah I mean quickly your all pro offense has gone to yeah. And DeAndre well, Swift has fallen off. Uh, yeah, well, I don't even think it's the fact. Like, so if you look at their uh, rushing stats for the year, like it was right around their first bye week. Like they were running the ball pretty efficiently with both him and Gainwell. Like they were using them in tandem. So, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift wasn't putting up like insane numbers, but he was uh, like. Fitting well into the offense. Yes, and his and, role. And there's a. By the way, there's his finger right there. If you you, you need to know, <laughs> uh, that's the dislocated finger for you. So DeAndre Swift. Um, so after their bye week, so up until their bye week, well, I'll put it this way: he he got like 28 carries against Minnesota. He was getting, on average, probably around 15 touches, give or take, maybe a little bit more on average, and. Had 175 yards against Minnesota. Had 130 against uh, Tampa Bay. Um, And he was being utilized in the passing game as well. And at least getting touches. But he was – total touches, probably getting 20 a game. And then you get to after bye week when they played Kansas City and Buffalo and San Francisco. Those numbers go drastically down. He got 20 touches against the Giants two weeks ago. Or, yeah, two weeks ago for 92 yards and a touchdown. But after that, I mean, he's not – He's not really seeing the ball. So, again, it's I, I, I don't understand why you have a guy like DeAndre Swift, who was – I mean, he was a good player at Detroit, and he was supposed to be an upgrade for Miles Sanders, who those two comparably are near about the, near about the same player. And but one he's of them's y- younger. One of them's younger and more moving into his prime, and now you're not utilizing him. And it's not because you have someone else – you're using, you're just not using the running back. So, um, uh, let's see. Did I miss anything? Do we have any more low lights, guys? Arkansas uh, basketball. They are, yeah. 
that joke of that, uh, yeah so arkansas is notorious for talking a lot of um and for basketball not football obviously um but uh just you know and eric musselman's the ringleader their head coach who you know they beat uh auburn like four years ago uh when auburn was number one they had fireworks in the arena they he threw off a shirt and uh, you know, just huge celebratory is their Super Bowl win, and they've kind of been riding on that the last four years ever since that. Um, and you know, they've been a decent team, they've all, always been an okay team in the regular season, then they always make a good push, uh, in the tournament and the SEC tournament. But, uh, yeah, they uh, they just got handed their biggest loss in Bud Walton history, their arena, um, 32 point loss, to Auburn. Um, kind of one goes to show that Auburn basketball is the real deal. And as an Auburn fan, thank God that I have something to look forward to besides hypotheticals and recruiting for football. But no, uh, Arkansas, that was a very well-deserved loss for them. Uh, so I just wanted to make that, uh, bring that into light. Yeah, and then another, and, and talking about college basketball too a little bit more, uh, which obviously will be, more than likely talking about just basketball in general a little bit more over the next several months because of, you know, football's tapering down. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about Ole Miss, like before the podcast, and how they were undefeated and everybody thought they were the real deal and yada, yada, yada. And they got skull drug by Tennessee this past Saturday. And it 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 goes to show – It goes to show – that you 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 have to get a good gauge of your team with who they play before they hit conference and like the conference to conference challenges. Like you ha- like you can't just play like UNC Greensboro, uh, West Florida, and the school for the arts and ex- beat them by thirty and expect your team to be good. You know because. Your powerhouses in the SEC, obviously, is Kentucky, um, Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn over the past four or five years. Like, those are your powerhouse schools. And then you get, like, teams like Ole Miss that are once good once probably, like, every four or five years when they have, a like, one or two good players. And But you can't, like, say, oh, they're undefeated by beating all these high schools and then – you know they're going to swamp Tennessee, and they're going to like they're going to place first in the conference. They're going to win the SEC. It's like no SEC. Like the the reason why SEC is like your conference play is so competitive is because you play each other twice a year, and on top of that, like you might as well just go ahead and overlook unless you're playing in a tournament or playing in like conference uh, the conference play. Like most of the time, there these teams are going to have like okay, we're going to have a base offense, base defense. This is what we're going to run, but. As soon as we play Arkansas or Tennessee or Kentucky or whoever, like this is when we're going to start game planning for real. Like this, this is how we're going to like actually start focusing more on film, focusing more on personnel. You know, instead of going out there and just basically playing pickup ball. Your first thirteen games, the non-conference games, are more of like gauging. Okay, this is the starting lineup that I like. This is the you know good rotation set that I've got. My players do well. It's your experimenting stage to that way you're 100% ready for conference play and that's for any division not just the SEC and so now that's not you know discrediting you know when you have top like top 10 matchups top 15 matchups 
you're playing your best ball to try and win because you know when the um when everybody's kind of going down to the bracketology they're looking at uh quarter one quarter two wins and if you don't have them then that's where you can be snubbed or you can have a lower you know uh seating but your non-conference are very important, but at the same time, when you're playing these, you know, teams that you should beat by 20, those are the ones that you you really experiment. And then as soon as SEC conference, it's just like the NFL, you know, anything can happen on a given night. It doesn't matter how bad or how good they are. Right. Well, all right. Well, I guess that'll get us out of our uh, makeshift highlights and lowlights uh, this week, and it will get us into our uh, – well, first off, we're going to do a pulse check for our team since the regular season is almost over. I mean, it's over for four out of five of us, I guess, technically. The, 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 the Chargers, have the Chargers played yet, Nick? They're still playing. Okay, Actually, so Grayson, it, it would be uh, just me and you still alive. They're, they're no, talking about I, active games, oh, Kyle. Thank oh, my you. Bad. Okay, oh, yeah. Chargers are still very much in this season. Thank you. They still got a quarter left. Mercifully, <laughs> hey, and they're about to beat the Chiefs too. That's not saying much. That's not saying much. Go Bears! Now, <laughs> fuck you. Not Bears! Go Bears! Well, Go Bears! Since the regular season is almost over with, we're going to do a pulse check on our teams, and we will. Um, I guess we'll start with the guys that there. Our teams are already done. So me, Caleb, and BB, and then. By the time we get done, we should have a pretty good idea of how in pain Kyle is going to be. And then Nick will already have collected his thoughts on the Chargers. So, um, I mean, hell, five I, wins? Do we have six wins? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and start with the Bucks. Um, I mean, it it got to a point where I got excited about the Buccaneers, uh, what was it, weeks uh, 12 to 15, 13 to 16, there's about four weeks there where the Buccaneers were playing great ball. I mean, um, the Baker Mayfield was playing out of his mind. Um, it looked like a lot of the problems that the Buccaneers had in terms of offensive line play. And, I mean, we were actually able to run the ball with Rashad White. He is arguably the brightest star on that whole team. Like, and not saying in terms of like, oh, he's going to be like the all pro guy. Like he is the guy. But in terms of unexpected uh, turnouts, I would say he's probably one of the best. Um, Antoine Winfield had a great season um, uh, that he really brought the secondary alive. I mean, he uh, Nick made this comparison the other day. Uh, he is like Jamal Adams. If Jamal Adams could actually go into coverage. So, uh, what Jamal Adams was supposed to be, yes. So, was very, I'm very happy that because he was first round pick, he was the first pick in the 2021 draft, I believe. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's, yeah, he, because he was out of Minnesota. So, um, like I said, but the thing is, like, you have these past two games where we lose last week, we only beat the Panthers nine to nothing this week, and it looks like we're sinking into more of the same. So, you know, looking at the potential uh, potential matchups in the playoffs, I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles, it looks like. And I really don't like – I honestly would rather play the Eagles at this stage in the game. That, that would be a shining star. And then, like, get out of the wild card, go into the divisionals. 
And if they make the divisionals, I mean, I, technically I would consider that a win, but in the same token, it's like, you also have things like, what is Mike Evans going to do this year? Uh, are we going to stick with Baker? There's still a lot of questions that need to be answered from the Bucks, but all in all, it was, uh, I guess, a roller coaster of a season in terms of expectations and then changing expectations, if that makes sense. So um, we'll see. I, I, and realistically, I'm like, I, I, I don't really know how to feel about it. You know, it was great. Then it wasn't. Then it was great. And I don't know. And then at the end of the day, the NFC, like, we we should be blowing out the NFC South. And, uh, like, I wasn't happy with the Todd Bowles replacing Bruce Arians uh, decision. I would have much rather it been um, – oh, God, what was the offense coordinator's name? Uh, uh, Brian, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, yes. I would much rather it be Byron Leftwich, who ended up leaving. So, but – I will say I think that if they can keep their core guys, bring Mike Evans back somehow, again, we'll have to see how that works out. Um, I do think that they will be perched on top of the division, at least get a playoff spot, but I don't know if that's how much of a win that is because it, because it is the NFC South. Uh, so, well, BB, why don't we go to your uh, analysis on the Falcons? Um, Falcons by... They throw a ball and it doesn't go anywhere. See what I mean? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the season ended week two. I didn't know the NFL season was 18 weeks long until today. Kind of crazy to me. Seems like a lot. Seems like it seems safe to play 18 games in football. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we just stop after week two? <laughs> we should have. Or first half. Yeah. I'll claim uh, I'll claim the APA Super Bowl champ week two. Uh. I mean, I don't know. Just, eh. Thank God Arthur Smith's gone. Hopefully. Not yet. Okay. Not I'll, yet. I'll I'll give you a prompt. I do, I Who's do your quarterback moving into next year? See, you know my stance on the Titans, uh, our front office, how they're like, kind of like, well, I didn't know this till today that the Falcons are paying their backup quarterback about – Six times more than their starting quarterback. Well, who's who? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, well, the, the the person that started the less amount of games getting paid six million dollars, and the person that started the most amount of games getting paid nine hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, don't worry, y'all gonna have to pay him this year. <laughs> Can't pay his pay him pay him to stay at home. Yeah, well, uh, uh, what else? Well, what would what would you like to see, BB? Like, what what would you like to see? Maybe, like, I, I wouldn't want to say out of the draft, but like, what you know, quick, immediate stuff happen. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you fire Arthur Smith, who you, who's going to be the next head coach? Because all these people on Twitter talk about Bill Belichick, and I'll pass on that one. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you go after hiring? Did you know how it goes when you fire a court coach? If he's defensive-minded, you go offense, and then just go back and forth, right? That's usually how this goes. Yeah. Uh, like Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, pretty much, right? And politics are on the show. <laughs> 2024, 2024, baby. Election year. Election year, baby. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. 
draft wise, I'd like to see them be aggressive in the draft and trade up. Yeah. For not necessarily Caleb Williams, but for uh, Jade Daniels. Yeah. But well, also might be having a Mercedes in the trailer park. So I don't. Yeah. Well, was there any shining stars from the Falcons this year that kind of stood I mean, out to you? Bijan. Bijan did good. Uh, David Njoku actually had better numbers. Or, you know, yeah, David, David Njoku did great for the Browns. The Cleveland Browns <laughs> had a great uh, season for the Cleveland Browns. Johnny Smith. That's right. Johnny Smith. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Smith. That's right. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like, I watched like the first four weeks. And then after the first four weeks, I kind of like. I mean, oh, Drake yeah. London's been pretty solid throughout the year, though. Yeah, I see Bates Drake had a great year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a group collective on the uh, Falcons season. Well, I'm just just trying to help. Baseball. I'm already in Braves mode. Yeah. <laughs> Braves mode. After yeah. when, uh, after December 17th, it's baseball season. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jesse Bates. Uh, I mean, Jesse Bates had. I mean, very similar numbers to Antoine Winfield, actually. So, like, I, mean, uh, I say that, but they, I think I think some of the trades they made during the season were good. Like Jeff Okududa. I think that was a. Jeff Okuda. <laughs> Jeff Okuda. You Jeff did that Okuda. episode three. You yeah, did the same worse. thing. Episode three. Everything has come full circle. Watch yeah. film. Watch film, BB. Analysis. Or, Jeff uh, Okuda. 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 Uh, yeah. So, feel that sure. Oh, all right. Well, Caleb, uh, if you would like to speak on the behalf of your uh, New Orleans Saints, yeah, so if we're just talking about pulse check and everything, I already kind of talked about it a little bit. Me and BB have kind of been rejoicing with the way this game was. Honestly, and I think BB would agree, going into the half, this was a pretty entertaining game to watch between the Falcons and the Saints. Like, it was, you know, both teams seemed like they were taking advantage of their offense and everything. And uh, I, for one, was happy to finally see the Saints spread the ball out across the entire offense. So it was looking good for me. Um, but the thing though, that always sucks is whenever you, as a Saints fan, whenever you see a good performance, there's like a trend that makes the entire coaching staff complacent. And it's like, oh, well, we did good that time. So let's just have confidence in all of our decisions, especially the ones that didn't work out for us, the, you know, other games of the season. And, um, but if, if I'm talking about like how they move on from this season, it's definitely been a disappointing year. And, uh, they're going into the next season with some cap woes. So, I mean, I think it's uh, estimated. They haven't actually released it, but it's estimated that they're going to be like at $90 million over the cap. So, there's Good a Lord. lot. Yeah. Yes, he's taking 60% of that. Yeah. And I think after seeing A.T. Perry's – He's not playing right now. Yeah. I think after seeing A.T. Perry's performance today, I think, you know – if I wasn't already on board with letting Mike Thomas go, I am definitely on board with it now because A.T. Perry showed out today. And uh, I would – so they're going they're doing a lot of cap restructuring, which honestly, when you see the moves they're making, it looks like they're going to be able to make it work for the most part. Um, Derek Carr has already explained that he was he's open to restructuring his contract. and He should. So, uh, Jameis Winston. He's about to be Carson Wentz. Yeah, Jameis Winston's restructured his, um, and so 
you, you could see where they're able to make it make it work across the board. There, you know, they did some interesting stuff with Marshawn Lattimore, which kind of makes me think that they're priming him for a trade. Is this um, his fifth year, or is, I think will so, yeah. he be entering his fifth year? I think he's entering his fifth year. I think his first season yeah. is twenty seventeen. Yeah. So well, all what's all Jameis? All he wants is a used sock and some wet wipes, just for a chance. You know, like a, he just, he just wants a shot. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's it, one of the funny things this season was to see Derek Carr throw an interception and then it pan over to Jameis Winston on the sideline and he's like talking to Alvin Kamara or something going like, but when I do it, it's a bad thing. Yeah. Like you can see him clearly mouthing that or, out. Or the same game, I think it was the same game that I went to when uh, Derek Carr like threw an interception and he was sitting there talking to Derek Carr and he wanted like, and I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't even saying anything about the game. I think he was just straight up rapping, like I think Ludacris was performing and he was just straight up rapping to, oh uh, to Derek Carr. So yes, the only reason, the only reason I want Jameis Winston to stay in the NFL is from the pure memes and content that we get from that man. So, yeah. because if if Jameis Winston was not around, I think half of the things that I've said on this podcast would not have been said. So, re-sign Jameis. Yeah, and so with the – you know, honestly, despite the cap woes and everything, I don't think we see any real change with the current coaching staff. And from all the rumor mills and everything circling the Saints, it does not look like Dennis Allen's going anywhere. It looks like he's going to be with us for at least another season. Pete Carmichael, offensive coordinator, which has taken a huge amount of flack for this lackluster offense as an understatement, being so terrible this year. So I think Pete Carmichael's done, but as long as Dennis Allen's there, I don't think they're ever going to be that high of a caliber of a team. Uh, I do not like Dennis Allen. I am all out on Dennis Allen because – I'm tired of watching him press around on the uh, sidelines. I'm tired of watching him throw players under the bus like he did with uh, the uh, the offense today in that final play. They're trying to get their teammate one more score, and instead of advocating for your player and being happy and proud for your player, you sit there and you just crawl on your belly and just beg forgiveness from a fired coach. And yeah. honestly, I think it's because he's trying to network because he's he was uh, he did that to a future owner. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if he wants to talk to Arthur Smith about it more, I'm sure he's going to be left on the tarmac in New Orleans. So yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll probably the have a couple. Yeah, they'll probably have a day or two to catch up. <laughs> no, I saw our. I saw this one tweet that said, don't even leave him tarmac. Put him in the belly of the FedEx. Seven forty seven. Go back to Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's pretty much my take on the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr, is he pulled it together these past couple of weeks. Uh, I think he'll be good. I would like to see them try to go for a quarterback if they could make the right trades to trade up. It would be really cool in my lifetime to see them take a first rounder. But honestly, um, without trading up, I'd like them to beef up that defense because they're getting old. Those yeah, defensive players sure. are getting really old. Well, uh, I guess, Nick, that goes to you about the Chargers. Yeah, there is no really light to my situation. Um, well, I, I take that back. Uh, Staley's gone, and right now the two big uh, replacement names I'm hearing is Jim Harbaugh and uh, Ben Johnson. Uh, more than likely, and I think it's a risky move, is Jim Harbaugh. 
Um, the reason being is one, you've had all the Michigan controversy with the scandals, the you know, the cheating, uh, whatever. So, and you know, the NCAA has already reopened that investigation after it just closed um with the firing of Connor Stallions. So there's that. Uh and he's never really denied any allegations. And apparently they've already had sit down meetings uh with the Chargers staff. And apparently again, this is a rumor, so take it for you know grain of salt, but um there's already been contract drafts being work back and forth. I don't think anything will happen until after the national championship. Uh, but I think either way, if they win or lose Michigan, uh, I think that's the probably number one target for the chargers, but Ben Johnson's another really, in my opinion, a really good option. Uh, he's the offense coordinator at the lions. So I kind of made a list of who do we keep, who do we let go, and what positions do we need to draft at. Uh, I want Keenan Allen back, Chargers legend, and he showed even at his age, and he's only 29. What? Um, yeah, yeah. I thought he was like 34. Yeah, that because he's looks bald. ancient. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's not nearly as – or actually, excuse me, I think he turned 30 in like November, but still – um, he, he's, in my opinion, in his prime, I thought he was in his prime two years ago, three years ago before his injuries, but now I think he's in his prime after the season he had, I think keep Mike Williams. Uh, he's been, you know, when he's been there, he's been a great complimentary, uh, player to Keenan Allen. And I think now with Mike Williams sitting out the entire year after the torn ACL, I think they both come back both on the field, healthy keep them healthy. Uh, I think the two defensive players you want back are Derwin James and Clil Mack. Players I want let go are two. One defense, one offense. Austin Eckler's got to go. Yep. Uh, he's undersized, and he was doing great when he had all of his receptions, but he's still never been a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, and there's just no compliment. Like, the biggest thing with his uh, – his play style that kept him, you know, competitive as far as like statistically was the fact that he would have these crazy 60 to 80 yard runs like once every two, three games. So it looked like he would rush for a hundred, but again, never reached a thousand. So with that, uh, it's time to, it's time to let him go. Um, he's been at the Chargers for a while and he's done great things, but again, it's just time to let him go. And then Joey Bosa. Uh, Joey Bosa is a money nightmare. Uh, and he's not producing like Khalil Mack is. And so that's a problem. If he's asking and getting more money than Khalil Mack, but Khalil Mack is outperforming him, Joey Bosa, I feel like it's time to kind of move on from him. He's almost, I mean... Kind of comparable to Nick Bosa because Nick Bosa at uh, 49ers, as much as he's like a staple in the media's eyes, you know, for their defense, Nick Bosa has not done very well this year. He's only had three or four sacks. Mm -hmm. And Joey is just like him. And yep. so it's, it's time for Joey to go. And so 
the three positions I really want them to draft at. Um, we need a corner, a new running back, and I I think the running back can be, you know, that mid mid draft pick, and then lastly, uh, interior lineman, um, on a defensive lineman. So, uh, like a true run stopper, because I think keeping Clilmac. Um, pick up somebody like a Jadavion Clowney or, you know, whoever in free agency at the other end, but uh, keep Khalil Mack and then beef up the interior defensive linemen. The run, uh, keep the linebackers, um, the the guy from the Vikings, uh, Kendrick, uh, he's great. And then um, the guy from uh, Oklahoma, forget his name. Uh, he was, he was good. They were solid. So, Really, the, those three positions are our biggest things that I think uh, need to get and keep uh, um, Everett legend. Go Jags. Well, that is perfect timing, Nick, because uh, the Packers game just ended, and so now I'm sure we will have a very uh, civil, um, Respectful. level-headed – uh, analysis on the Packers. So go ahead, Cal. I got a few questions for a few people. Hey, Caleb, yeah. are Saints going to the playoffs? No. Oh, okay, cool. Hey, BB. What? Are Falcons going to the playoffs? Uh, I didn't know there was playoffs in the NFL. Okay, cool. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, are the Chargers going to the playoffs? Are you listening? Guess who's going to the playoffs, you Degenerates. The Tampa Bay so, Buccaneers. Buccaneers oh. and the Green Bay fucking Packers. It should be a two-man show for the rest of the season. All year. Okay, anyways. <clears throat> so, I will say this. At the beginning of the season, I said um, I would be happy with a six-win season from the Packers. Uh, anything over that would be Sean extremely... Sean Clifford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... um. I'm glad I was wrong on that. I, I didn't think Jordan Love was going to pan out based off his previous performances um, from past seasons. But anyways, I, I am glad he panned out. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you see the nine-win season on such a young team. You know, Van sent us a message earlier talking about how the Packers that they got in would be the youngest team to ever make the playoffs. So, that you know, if – if they can structure these contracts correctly, which they might have screwed themselves with not going with Jordan earlier and, you know, maybe getting him in the $30 million range, because now you're probably looking at around $50 million a year. So that could maybe screw them over on a few contracts with the uh, young players, but we'll see. That's a future problem. Um, you get Aaron Jones. He came back from injury. He He's running the ball. He's looking like he used to from previous seasons. He's he's balling out. So that's helped uh, Love been able to, you know, get where he is now, passing the – you know, uh, they put up stats with Favre and Rodgers and Love for their first season as a Packer. And he's one touchdown away from Rodgers, but he has the most passing yards out of the three. So, you know, you, you get another – what looks like maybe a generation quarter uh, quarterback again, hopefully for the Packers, and that's that'd be three in a row. So you got three different owners of the Chicago Bears again, you know, and it's it, it it's looking great on the offense side. 
Then we get the defense. <clears throat> What's going to stop the Packers this season in the playoffs is Joe Barry, the man who decides to play soft coverage when the Packers up by five with a minute and 20 seconds left. A man that doesn't know what pressure is. He he is a disgrace to the Green Bay Packers. And I, I hopefully they fire him. And, you know, you, you have I, – I would have loved to have seen him fire him last season and bring in Jim Leonard. But hopefully this is the season. I'm kind of scared they're not going to with them making the playoffs now. Um, I think him and Matt LaFour are buddy-buddy. So he's too scared to actually pull the trigger on that. And it's – that's going to keep this team down, which is which kind of sucks. Like I said, with this such a young team proving themselves this year, you actually get someone that can run a defense. They can actually compete with people like the 49ers, like the Ravens. But without a defense, you're you're not going to do well. Like next week, I, I'm I know they're probably going to get destroyed by. Uh, I think they play Dallas. I might be mistaken. I think they'll be it, the seventh. Yeah, now Dallas has no. Yeah, yeah, they'll play Dallas. Yeah, so I I think the defense is going to get picked apart next week. Um, so hopefully we can see a change at defensive coordinator. You know, when you have twelve straight years of first round picks for defense, you expect them to be a top defense in the league, and they're not. And it's it that's a that's a hard pill to swallow. Um, but bright futures. First, uh, first year we love, and you made the playoffs. You can't be too upset with that. I guess so. Well, and I guess uh, going based off of what you just said right there, uh, Kyle, we'll go into our NFL segment, which our NFL segment is going to be kind of taking a deeper dive into uh, into the potential playoffs right now. Um, so <laughs> as of now, uh, just the listing off the teams and how everything is played out, uh, looking at the AFC – You've got the Ravens has clinched their first round by. It looks like the uh, uh, the Dolphins looks like will be well, if they, on their game. Uh, if the they lose of tonight's game, will be the TC, and the losers not going to make the playoffs. No, no, no. All the teams it was there. until uh, uh, Jacksonville lost. Uh, okay. When Jacksonville lost, both teams are guaranteed, but the winner takes the second seed. The loser takes the sixth seed. Yeah, which is so, a big. I mean, that's a big thing. But yeah, so right now the Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Texans, Browns, Bills, and Steelers are all there. So Ravens clinch division. Um, the Bills could clinch tonight. I think yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. The Chiefs I have clinched their division. So if the Bills win tonight, they clinch. If they lo lose, then. Uh, uh the Dolphins will clinch. Um, Texans clinch today. So that will lead. The Browns are in the playoffs. Just throw that out there. Uh, and then the Steelers. The Browns are in the playoffs with 11 win season. Yes. Look at Joe Flacco, Flacco, bro. He has turned that offense around. And then the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be the number seven seed. So. Uh, womp womp. So I guess uh, let's talk about some of the <laughs> bless me. Uh, let's I guess we'll talk about some of th thanks, baby. Um, <laughs> what are, what do we expect to happen 
like out of the AFC. Like, I guess going into the AFC championship game, like let's just kind of use that as a frame of reference. Like out of those seven teams, who are we looking that will go into the AFC championship game and then from there into the Super Bowl? Bills, Ravens. Browns. I've- yeah, I tend to say Browns, Ravens. Now, seeing how Joe Flacco's played the past couple weeks, Joe, y'all are all Joe. y'all are all gonna judge the shit out of me. You can say people yeah. say Steelers. Don't you say Pittsburgh? You keep them out your mouth. Nope. <laughs> Kansas City. <laughs> and when I I know I know, but when they get into the playoffs, you got to think like not looking at this year, but looking at the team the past five years when you're a team going up against them going up at home because they secured the third seed when you're going up against them you you got to see their dominance the last five years and the fact that again they're going to have everybody healthy now that may not be a good thing but they found their number one receiver in Rasheed Rice they've got Pacheco they got Travis Mc, uh Travis uh Kelsey <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Woodford's hitting. Naysayer, um, right? So, uh, I'm just saying, and their defense is top five ranked. Uh, I'm just saying, whenever I see Kansas City matched up against anyone, I'm not saying that's a guaranteed loss. I'm just saying it's going to be a tough, tough game because, you know, they've kept it low scoring all season but they've won those low-scoring games because of their defense. And so I think uh, they're they're a dark horse for me. Now the Ravens look like the most complete team besides maybe San Francisco and Dallas, but Dallas, again, is a little bit unproven with, you know, playing in big games. Um, Miami, I, I don't trust Miami. Um, I think it would benefit Miami to honestly lose uh, this game against the Bills to take the sixth spot because if not, then they'll be playing, I believe, I think they'll either play Cleveland or Houston um, if they win. So I think that, again, I'm just not sold on Miami just since, again, they have a high-powered offense, but they struggle in big-time games. Um, but, yeah, though. Those are kind of my Baltimore's most complete, Kansas City dark horse. I want to see, I, I see a Pittsburgh Buccaneers Super Bowl. <laughs> just be That'd fun. probably be the lowest grossing Super Bowl. Sicko. Um, <laughs> I I want to believe the Ravens are going to go to the Super Bowl, I really do, but they have not proven themselves in the playoffs. They always choke. They do. Yeah, they do. Uh, Lamar better put his actions to where that money is because they paid him a lot of money to win win them the Super Bowl. And what is it? The last four years he's choked in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that doesn't happen this year. Uh just because, like, as, as I have explained it before, and I, I explained it again earlier today to someone, uh, how all year the Ravens have not played, like, a good game all year, maybe two, and they're still managing to 
have the best record in the AFC. So in the NFL, in the NFL. Um, and like you look at it and it's like, oh, well, you know, their running backs can't stay healthy. Their running backs can't stay consistent. They also like, signed Alvin Cook, by the way. I don't know if y'all saw that. Ooh, I did yeah, not see that. The Ravens signed Alvin Cook. Yeah, Ooh. that's, that's a deadly that backfield. Was, I thought that was a joke. No. Um, yeah, so they signed Alvin Cook. They started off the year with J.K. Dobbins, who got re-injured again. Then it went to Gus Edwards, and then Gus Edwards bounced back and forth, and Justice Hill was in there. And then you start looking at the receiving core, and it's like, okay, they have Zay Flowers, who's a good rookie, uh, putting up decent numbers this year. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is washed. Like, he's had one, maybe two good games all year. Uh, Mark Andrews got hurt um, and is on the IR. And now Isaiah Likely I think that was a a good – Blessing in disguise. Yeah, because Isaiah Likely has been tearing it it up in the offense. So you – You've got all of that, and it's like when you look at that and you look at, like, all the, I guess, struggles that, you know, each individual player has kind of had, it's just kind of like, damn, like, this is, the, you know, they're going to be borderline uh, wild, a wild card team, mm-hmm. but they have the best record in the NFL. So it's, I think, I hate to say it, but I think, because I don't want to jinx them, this is the reason I don't want to say it, but I think this year is the Ravens' year just because that, ugly dirty nasty afc north ball has gotten them <clears throat> to a really good record and i think if they hit their stride like i think they can easily like it i think it'll be them and the uh, 49ers we'll we'll get to the nfc here in a second but um as for my other team i don't i don't know man i think realistically with the other six teams it's a toss-up uh i think the dolphins take let's see if it stays the way it is right now Let's see. The Dolphins will. Dolphins will play the Bills. Yeah, Dolphins will play the Bills. So, I think the Bills beat them. I think they take a first round exit there. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Chiefs are that good. Like them and the Browns. I, who knows? You know, I like the Chiefs will make it the div- divisional. Right now, the Texans are kind of scary. So, I'm not taking. I'm not picking the Steelers by any means. So, I don't know, man. Like I said, the Ravens for sure are on one side, but the other side I have I have no, no idea. Miami would play the Steelers. If they win tonight, they'll play the Steelers because the two will play the seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I misread that. My bad, my bad. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, though, if somehow the Steelers win their wild card game and they play the Ravens, Steelers are beating the Ravens. Oh, the Ravens, that's a rivalry game. The Ravens are one and eight in their last nine games against the Steelers. Isn't Pittsburgh and the Ravens like a rivalry too? Yeah. Or or, oh, or, or am I confusing that with Cleveland? It's a divisional. No. It's, div- it's they're all divisional. So yeah. But it's yeah, straight hate. The football. Steelers, for whatever reason, has had the Ravens number. Yeah. They uh, wouldn't be playing in Pittsburgh, would they? No. Nah. Yeah. I was gonna say this playoff. Oh, not again. Thanks. <laughs> I would okay. love to watch the Browns make a push, though, with Joe Flacco. <laughs> so, the, the yeah, I would. Flacco, Italian legend. Let's see. Right now, uh, let's see. Did they win? Oh, no. Chiefs about to lose. Well, no, they're not. Um, they'll kick a field goal. But they'll play the Chiefs. 
Yeah. yeah. We got about, we got about five minutes left of Red Zone of the year. Yeah. I know. Or do you think uh, they bring back Joe Flacco? Do you think they try? Or do you think they're going to go forward with Deshaun? They've got no, too they... much money sank into Deshaun. Yeah, yeah they, they gave him way too much guaranteed money to not. They screwed themselves. I, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Flacco like actually retired after this year like if uh especially if like they if he can end on a high note with a couple of playoff wins under his belt i think it's safe to say he'll retire i if think joe... even if they lose first round i mean the fact that he took them to the playoffs and i mean dude at the end of the games like you know and i know it was a joke him falling asleep on the sideline but like dude's old yeah very I mean, old. he looks i mean tired we not were just in middle school when he but... started playing yeah what like, was it? 2000, 2012 was the Super Bowl year for him. Yeah, that was the Super Bowl year with the. Yeah. Uh, I think what was it? Ray Lewis's last season. Yep. Yeah, when they beat Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, he's like, he's like the dad that comes out there in the Thanksgiving football. Yeah, that was, that was when they played in New Orleans, and then uh, the power went out. <laughs> they a power bill in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, all I've got to say is this: if he does not win comeback player of the year, and they give it to Demar Hamlin, like for living, for living, yeah, like congrats, <laughs> brother. Like that's that's great. Glad the EM, the EMTs and everybody got you back alive, and you're able to yeah. get on a field. Like, uh, dude, you're not special. I resuscitate myself every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, and then Kyle made the comment the other day about how like it was a clone and this that, and the other, but we're not going to get into that. Um, what? But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, the fact that Joe Flacco was probably like, or Joe Flacco was just sitting on his couch and they got a call and there he was Flocka. like, yeah, Flacco, Joe Flacco. Uh, he was just sitting there on his couch and then somebody called him up and it was like, hey, can you come play for us? And he's like, yeah, I'll lead you to a wild card. Yeah, for yeah, why not? So yeah, and come he back can still to spin it too. Like so these passes he's making are good. Like, mm -hmm. He's not just like he's not getting dink and dunk passes. He's making God, some long I, balls. I too. hope the Browns play the Ravens. They they get up so all good. the way to the conference championship and play the Ravens. That would be just you know the script is written. It's real. I mean, that's one. yeah. Did not did not have that on my bingo board for sure. No. So. Well, I guess we'll move into the NFC NFC uh, now, and since everything is settled, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so on this side, we got the 49ers. Uh, we've also got the Lions Cowboys. and the Cowboys, um, which that is now decided. The Cowboys have won the division, correct? Yep. Yeah. Like I don't know if the Eagles game's still going on or not, but um, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Cowboys just had to win, and they did. Uh, okay, Eagles so yeah. Lost. Yeah, so it's uh, 49ers, Lions, Cowboys, Buccaneers, and then you got the Eagles, Rams, and the Green Bay Packers. So uh, we're looking at it here. 49ers obviously get the bye. Uh, the Lions get the uh, Packers. That's an interesting matchup there. <laughs> the Rams get the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers get the Eagles. So uh, right off the bat, um, I think the Lions are making the NFC Championship game. I I, I think I think they're honestly I'm I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it I think they get there and I think they win I think they go to the Super Bowl and play the Ravens. Um, Ooh. even right. if it's San Francisco, even even uh, even against San Francisco. So I, honestly, I think the one and two out of this out of the NFC are going to make it 
to the NFC Championship game this year. Uh, the Cowboys are too inconsistent. They're going to end up getting beat by someone. And they, I mean, again, they have to ruin their fans' hopes and dreams. Like yeah. we're not there yet. Like they they have to. We have to get back on the cycle. Like you know, they build up hope halfway through the season. They like lose hope, and then everybody's like, "Oh, we may be back. Dak may be good." And then we get to the playoffs, and then the Cowboys fall off. Like that's where we're at. We're on the cusp of Phase Four. So Dallas is a pretty team because they beat up on bad teams. Yes, yeah. but. I want to. I just want to say, like, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I don't care how well or bad. I know I've fallen off on my NFL picks, but I've been right on all of my Detroit Lion picks all season long. Mm-hmm. And so- I, I told Grayson uh, this last week that Detroit needs to lose their game before their last game of the regular season, which they did. They lost to the Cowboys in that, you know, controversy. They needed to lose that one because in about a month and a half before, I said Detroit needs to go into the playoffs at 12 and 5. They don't need to win win the conference. They don't need to go in, you know, 16 and 1 or 15 and 2 or even 17 and 0. They need to go in at 12 and 5 or 11 and 6. And if they do that, they're making it all the way to the conference championship. My my only difference is I, I do think the Lions will lose in the conference championship. But I think it's going to be very similar to how the Chiefs came, where the Chiefs made it all the way to the conference championship and then lost to Tom Brady in overtime. Uh, I think it's going to be a very close game, but the Lions will be in the conference championship. They'll lose, and then next year is when they go all out and they go to the Super Bowl. But um in my opinion though, like again, I kind of gave a dark horse for the AFC. My dark horse for the NFC is the Rams. Uh just because people overlook them. Uh but I think Cooper Cup will have a little bit of a resurgence and Matt Stafford has been playing lights out when he's been playing. And so, uh, let's see. They would play. They play Detroit. They be which is going. VA. No, they'd be played Dallas because Green Bay plays Detroit. No, Green Bay plays Dallas. Hey, uh, no, Green Bay's the seventh seed. No, hey, they play Dallas. The second seed. The the Rams just beat the 49ers, By the way, exactly. Yeah, so bad. So oh, bad yeah. makes them. That pushes Detroit down. I just read it. We Green Bay plays Dallas, and the Rams play Detroit. So Matthew Stafford is coming home to Detroit. Perfect, even better. <laughs> okay, so there goes my dark horse. My my main still stays, and Green Bay gets fucked by Dallas for the fucking, you know, for that non catch that wasn't, you know, with Des Bryant. Des Bryant. we got really aggressive there. <laughs> I got upset. I'm <laughs> upset. <laughs> Woodford's kicking. Um, well, I will say, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and this is probably my uh disease running rampant right now. Uh, I think the Buccaneers beat the Eagles. I really do. Like, I like, th- I think the Buccaneers are gonna advance to the divisional round and oh. beat the Eagles. Sorry, <laughs> Chiefs beat the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Didn't you? Well, 
so uh yeah i just i, I don't think the uh I, I don't i don't think the eagles are they they have let their fans down a lot this year the offense coordinators and defense coordinator like their play calling has been terrible especially after the bye week like i talked about earlier uh you know dalton's dalton's been feeding me all the insider information i, I swear i think he lives in the front office probably like in a broom closet somewhere but like I, I just I think they're going to take a first round exit, which is obviously not what they want, but it's going to be a blessing in disguise because they're going to I, like I think that within the week after they lose, they are going to just start cleaning house. So too much uh, money, yeah. So, but like I said, it, I I still stand what I I, th I think the Rams could be exciting. Um, Packers taking first round loss. I mean, they're taking a first round exit. Sorry, Kyle. Uh, they're they're gone. Uh, Rams could have potential. Uh, Eagles are gone. Uh, but like I said, I stand with I stand with the Lions and 49ers. And I, I really think the Lions are gonna make the Super Bowl this year. I mean, hell, why not? I got Tampa and the 49ers in the NFC championship. Um, Baker has figured it out and I think they run the table with them until they meet the 49ers. I, I still think 49ers are the favor to win the Super Bowl. I think they got the most complete team. And, you know, uh, okay. uh, Caleb, Caleb, you look dark over there. You, you look like you got something cooking up there, fella. Uh, I'm just looking around. But uh, honestly, whenever – so as we've been Rain discussing – Rain out with us too long. <laughs> As a as I've been looking over everything though, I, I'm I'm thinking it, it's hard for me to say I don't believe that the 49ers will end up being the NFC winner, uh, winning the entire conference. Um, but it's more of trying to figure out like who I think will be in that game with them. Um, I'm leaning more towards Lions, uh, but I, I don't think Tampa Bay really. I don't know. I don't know if they're. I, I don't know how. I don't know if they're going to get very far. Uh, because with Tampa Bay, you got to consider that they it, it that game looked ugly against the Panthers today, and you know just the week before they got the brakes beat off of them by my Saints. Um, and you know you can have some bad games here and there, but I I just when I'm looking at Tampa Bay, I I just don't see them getting past the playoffs. Um. And I, I don't see them going to the conference champion. So right now I'm I'm thinking 49ers and uh Lions. Uh I really do agree wholeheartedly with Grayson that Dallas has to perform well just so it could build up their fan base's anticipation and then just shatter it all. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so because that that that's the thing. It, like they this is how they sell their jerseys. They get everyone excited about them and then you know, they can sell even more saying, oh, next year, oh, next year. That way, you know, all these quote-unquote new Dallas fans can, you know, start thinking, oh, I'm getting in at the ground level before they're super successful. And then, so I think it's part of a marketing scheme that Jerry Jones has. But uh, real quick, uh, on Red Zone, they're showing like the the what-if scenarios for AFC uh, division, the wild card matchups. Uh, I'm pretty sure no matter what, the Bills and Dolphins play again next week. Would they just flip-flop positions? Yeah. Because if if, uh, <laughs> if Miami wins, the Bills are a seventh seed, and the seventh seed plays the two seed, right? Yeah. 
the <laughs> we're getting the best three out of four series here. Yeah, so it really, it really just depends three. on w- where yeah. the game is going to be played. Is it going to be played in the tropics of Miami, or is it going to be played in the frozen tundra of Buffalo? It's going to be played in Buffalo. Yeah. Which, if they play in Buffalo, they're <clears throat> predicting snow for both days, so that's going to be uh, – oh, well, I thought the two plays a seven. Yeah, if my if, if whoever wins is the two seed. Yeah, but I thought whoever loses is the six seed. Does no, Steelers loses. jump? Uh, well, I, according to Red Zone, it has. Yeah, I'll take a picture of my phone. No, I know I've been shaky. No, no, we got it. We got it. No, I know. I know. I've been shaky <laughs> on the rankings so far. That but... can't be true though, because the like that the, uh, the well the, uh, no that I don't think that can be. We uh, have Google. I'm I'm just showing you what what's on Red Zone. Yeah, I think if I think if the Bills lose, then they'll play Miami. But if the all right, who's about to have a stroke? Me, because I, I I am. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to have like a five minute like podcast on Thursday when everything releases. It, it, well, I mean, like it, it would have to be right unless they got the unless they got their uh, graphic wrong. But I mean, I look, think so. I just put the group name. I don't know. What does it say, though? If That's if the Dolphins win, right? Yeah, but, I mean, if... But the thing is, if the Dolphins lose... Wait. They, the they Dolphins... would have to, well, they, they would have to have the same record if the winner decides the division, right? Oh, wait, that's... that's the it comes down to some tiebreakers. So, breakers. okay, okay, time out, time out. Okay, I figured it out. I figured it out because I'm looking at the records. Okay. If... The Bills, because are the Bills and Dolphins playing each other? Is that who they're? Yeah, they're playing okay. tonight. Yeah. Okay. So minutes. if the Bills win, they will win the division, and the Dolphins will drop to six. They will not drop to seven because the Steelers are. They will still have a better record than the Steelers. So if the Bills win, they will play the Steelers. I think. According to no, no, hold on. No, if the, if the Bills me, win, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just fast forward this to when it pops up on the Bills win. It's How not all, and I will say it's not always up to uh records because all Houston's right. the fourth seed, but with a 10 win season. But since they clinched their division, they're that's all why right. they're the fourth seed. So I uh, I fast forwarded on red zone. If the Bills win, the Bills will be the two seed, and the Dolphins will be, will be the six seed, and they'll play. Okay. The yeah, team. they won't play because the two seed plays the seven seed. Right. Which which if the Bills win, the seven seed will be the Steelers. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Now that we're done having Nanyers, God. Um, Football. National <laughs> championship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's let's move into. Well, let's talk about the semifinals real quick. Um, because oh, yeah, I just, yeah. I just, yeah, that. yeah. I just, I just, I just want to point out that I cannot believe that we had TCU again in the college football playoff this year. We had a team that did not belong, that did not deserve to be there, and they played the number one team, and they got their asses handed to them. Okay, yeah, it went to overtime. That's great, but this red-colored TCU team goes into the college football playoff semifinal, and they get every opportunity to win the game, whether it be turnovers, whether it be calls, whatever, and they just go out there and they 
fumble it. They, I mean, the the last play of the game being a QB draw, and you, oh, well, that wasn't the play that was called. Well, that was the play that ended up being played. At the end of the day, that's that's the reality of it. You know, we want to talk about the reality things of, you know, this this 2.0 TCU team being better than Florida State this year and being a better matchup because it's better football. Well, the reality of the situation is, too, is that the offensive line is in shambles. Jalen Milrow is not a Heisman contender by any means, and his quarterback play was just on par with the quarterback play that was in Florida State and Georgia's game where Florida State got scrubbed 63-3 to or whatever the score was. So I just – I wish there – like, honestly, if we want the best teams, if we wanted the best teams this year, Georgia should have got in. Georgia should have been the four seed, to be completely honest with you, if we wanted the best teams. But, you know, there it's just it, – it just, it just sucks because, like, if only there was a way – that you could look at statistics and maybe like a like a, an undefeated record in a conference championship win and you know put that team in but whatever we get the one loss conference champion that struggled in five games this year against South Florida A&M Arkansas and Auburn so it it's just it's just crazy so well, that's Grayson that's not I just, Grayson, I just that's not fair. That the uh, BCS model picked Washington versus Michigan as a national championship game. <laughs> well, well, yeah, now we proved it. And we got an extra game of football. So unless you like football, yeah. shut the hell up. No, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying. So instead of having a playoff committee, use the BCS system and then do the playoffs based off the BCS rankings. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I got something to say about TCU. At least they beat Michigan in their semifinals game. All right, so I, I don't think that's fair to compare the two. That's that's fair. At least, yeah, at least TCU did win last year. You know, yeah. um, God, I, it's just no. This it's is just, more like Alabama in 2014 when they lost to Ohio State and got blown out. I'd, yeah, I'd say yeah. this Alabama yeah, team is more Ohio like State, that Alabama well, team. Yeah, well, it, I mean to be fair, they probably should have got blown out because Michigan probably played the worst football game they've played all year. Yeah, and yeah. still dominated. Yeah, how many times did Miller get sacked? I think it was eight. Eight. Six or seven. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Let's also yeah, clarify so. that, that, that that Alabama offense, though, would not be near as effective without Milrow. As well. No, Thank absolutely. Like, I like agree. Milrow, absolutely. Like, you know, Milrow is definitely not like a king imagine, manager. But it's imagine that, if Ty Simpson was yeah. in there. Oh, not man. evading the amount of sacks that, that Jalen Milrow did seven evade. five. So I think it is easy to say that Jalen Milrow was the best option at quarterback for Bama. I think it is also easy to say that Jalen Milrow was not as good as everybody made him out to be. Absolutely. I think you can say those in tandem with each other and then them both be true. For sure. So, 100%. I think whenever he got like he played started playing better, I think everybody overreacted to it. Like that yes, stretch. Absolutely. Time out. That's just Alabama fans. Like the true diehard, like 100% Alabama fans, they overact with anything. Like when when they beat or Texas beat them, they were calling for Jalen Milrose head. Then they got Ty Simpson and couldn't, they barely beat USF. And then immediately it was like, well, we want Jalen Milrose back. And then it's always about shifting the blame if they don't win the national championship. Because in my opinion, and this is no not that this is absolutely a knock to any Alabama fans is because they've been spoiled. For because sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, Nick Saban is the greatest 
head coach of all time, and I'm an Auburn fan. All time, no question, better than Bear, better than anybody. But having six national championships in Nick Saban's tenure has made them spoiled where and and it's a good thing for the team that the standard is national championship because you know they've been in the playoffs since the playoffs started. They've only missed the playoffs like what once or twice? Once, I think, yeah. Um, and so yeah, the standards there, but their fans become spoiled because of it. So they overreact very, very quickly to anything that goes wrong. So if they have one bad game, they're immediately calling for somebody's head because they're not having a dominant year like they did in 2020 during COVID. And, or, you know, or back they're leaving McElroy, or they're leaving halfway you know, through the third quarter, just like uh, when it's to such a degree to where Nick Saban actually has to do a press conference calling out. The exactly. And yeah. again, like, you know, it's just I, I truly think it's because, you know, a lot of these fans that did not go to the university T-shirt fans have become so spoiled with the expectation that every year that they're making the playoffs. And then when they have one bad game, they immediately shift the blame to say, well, we would have won it all if Jalen Milrow hadn't done this, or we would have won it all if Seth McLaughlin had a, you know, a better game and snapped the ball high, you know, it's well, and then always I'll, that. And then on top of that too, I mean, you've you got some of these same, like, like no affiliation fans that are saying like, Oh, it, it's time for Saban to retire, which I, yeah. <laughs> sanity and i've and i've said it before too you know i i do think that the game is catching up with saban i i I do agree with that with what i said but that doesn't mean he should retire right now no he he could easily have a have another one or two championships in his lifetime sunsetting nick saban is still better than most other college football coaches out there today exactly like i i I think that the only way that you can make that case is if the recruiting falls off drastically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they I mean, have the number two classes here. Yeah, and like people, I mean, like, like like the whole like the past ever since everybody went to Georgia, like oh the dynasty's dead, the dynasty's dead. I'm like, dude, they haven't brought past two since like he left. Yeah, and, uh, and this is the this is the first <clears throat> year since um, his second year as head coach is Alabama that they haven't been ranked. Number one. Yeah. I mean. So, you know, that's just pure dominance. I, I would say 85% of college football would die to have him as their head coach. Oh, yeah. But, and I think, oh, saving the South Alabama confirmed. <laughs> I, knew, I knew back to Mobile for that. Hey, you want to talk about, I think uh, BB'd have a hard time. situations. <laughs> uh, our alma mater's recruit, our coaching staff is depleted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will get into that a little bit later. We're going to stay on the college football playoff, but yeah, yeah I think we Texas do need to has talk about really that. play calling at the end of their game. <laughs> uh, Washington but, tried to lose. What are back to, back to the next point about the Alabama fans? I think it should like a lot of it, it's going to get even worse once they realize that Bama don't have the best Jimmy's and Joes anymore. And you're starting to see it because really like, the only there's like, this game. And the Ohio State game is probably the, the two cases that I remember of being like, there's better in you. Like, it wasn't no, like, well, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, there's generally better. And I think I think a lot of Bama fans are not too keen on that. Well, yeah, the, the favorite, the favorite uh, phrase or excuse is, 
you know, we beat ourselves and, and now it, it's not, it's I mean, not. It was, and then, and then to their point it, in the past, probably prior yes. to 2019, and that was Jalen Hurd's era. 2019, hmm, it's just, you don't got it like you used to get it. I think to sum this all up, it's like, Bama, like these Bama fans, like they're smoking on the copium. And they're trying to find excuses for, you know, why they're losing when at the end of the day, it is because they were not the best team. Like, uh, it's because of this. It's because of this center. It was because Jalen Milrow, because Saban's not catching up the times. At the end of the day, there was, I would doubt, I mean, obviously there's two teams better than them being Texas and Michigan since they beat them. But arguably there is, I mean, you, you could you could make an argument for potentially Oregon being better than them. <laughs> Georgia as well. I mean, obviously not because they did beat Georgia. But if that game were to be played ten Washington. times, Washington. Um, uh, there's a, there's another team. Uh, I mean, a healthy Florida State. So I, again, because it's not it wasn't just Jordan Travis. I mean, they did have an elite defense. Didn't show that during the championship or their uh bowl game because they uh had 20 something players sit out but 27. still yeah 27 so um but on, but there one more thing on that on that part though georgia had 28 or 20 same now they, they had the 27 yeah the the only problem with that is it is a little bit skewed because they were not starters that well was, there were some starters yeah I, mean, I, I thought i thought like impact players sat out well, the th the thing is, though, is that in the SEC, the one thing that the SEC does have over everybody else, and I won't even say SEC. I'm going to say, like, the blue blood, like, powerhouse schools. So I'll say Ohio State. I'll say Alabama, um, Michigan, Georgia, like those teams. The thing they have is depth. Sometimes teams come along, and the reason they are doing well is because they have – the perfect fit of a puzzle. But the thing is, it's like a lot of times when those, one of those pieces are gone, like a starter is gone here, starting or a starter is gone here, then it all falls apart. So Florida State didn't have that depth. So Georgia, on the other hand, does have that depth. Alabama does have that depth. Does that go into who is the better team? Well, it depends on how we're looking at it. Like, are we looking at all the whole all-around team, or do we want to start getting into hypotheticals saying, oh, well, what if this player goes out? How will that player step up? So if you look at the starters and then at the end of the depth chart, who's going to be starting, who is better than who? And real quick, I know we're, you know, before we move on to the national championship, look, um, I want to touch base on Washington, Texas. Yeah. I will say I personally, and I've – Watched a lot of football. The throws that Michael Penix Jr. was making were some of the best throws I have ever seen in college football. NFL level. They, I mean, it was beautiful. Insane. Like he was dotting it up. And like me and uh me and one of my old buddies, we were texting and you know, he he said it was at halftime, and I was like, what do you think? And he was like, yeah, pretty good. I think Texas will end up winning it because, you know, uh, Michael Penix is making these crazy throws, but, 
you know, they're, they're bound to drop one or, you know, underthrow one. It never happened. Every single throw that was completed was perfect. And the incompletes weren't bad. It, it was one of the most impressive passing outings I have ever seen, especially at that high of a level. And it takes a lot for me to compliment a Pac-12 team like that. And I've been saying Michael Penis. I, I have the respect to say Michael Penix Jr. right now. Like, that was very, very impressive. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess that will get into the uh, – I guess, well, I guess we'll do uh, a prediction for the uh, national championship game. Um, I'll go first. Go ahead and get mine out of the way. Uh, I think Washington wins. I think Washington's going to win by 10 points. Uh, I think it's, and I think it's going to be because I, like, I, I know this is crazy after going on my little rant about Michigan, but I think Michigan's going to choke. I, I think Michigan kind of always chokes at some, whether it be like against Ohio state or in the big 10 championship game or somewhere along the lines, like they usually cough it up. And I think that if they make the same mistakes that they did against Bama, Washington is going to abuse them like a stepchild. So give me give me Washington by 10. And I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, too. Like, honestly, I expect it to be uh, like a 45-35 game or something like that. So give me Washington. Uh, my heart says Washington, but my gut says Michigan. So I'm going to go with Michigan. I just think that they're going to be able to, you know, controlled the line of scrimmage and run the ball. And by doing so, you'll take the air out of the ball away from Michael Penis. I, I can't even say Penix anymore. I'm so used to saying Penis. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Penis. Fair. Uh, I, would, I would agree with Grayson that, I mean, I could think differently like I have all year. But after that Texas outing, like the throws they was making, it's like I don't see. Uh, what's his name? Oduza or uh, the the receiver, like the receiving core that you know Washington has creates separation, even if it's by a foot. My, Michael Penix is able to fit it in that foot separation that they create. I think that's going to be a difference. Now, I will say the biggest thing that Michigan has an advantage on is, like BB said, is size on offensive line. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the struggle. That's why I think it, it stays close. I think it's going to be a high high 20s, low 30s, like a 35 to 31 point game. Um, I think it's going to be a very good game. I think because, again, like you've got two different strengths, two different weaknesses there. Uh, and so I think Washington uh, wins a close one just because uh, Michael Penix is clutch, and I think Michael Penix is able to get a last drive in. And with that, I think he'll either be able to get them in field goal territory or you know score a touchdown with again to clinch the the win. And I don't trust J.J. McCarthy to do that because if Washington, if the roles are reversed, if Washington is up and, you know, there's a minute left and they need a drive, I don't trust J.J. McCarthy to do the same. It's not, it's not knocking their running game. 
I just don't trust J.J. McCarthy to make the throws against that Washington secondary in clutch moments, like at the end of the game. So bouncing off of what Nick said, I, I'm I'm kind of aligned with BB. I think though, so completely valid points, Nick. I think it's going to be a very close one too, and. I don't believe J.J. McCarthy is going to have as big of an impact as Michael Penix Jr. will. Um, But I think the Michigan's running game and their size on offense is going to grind down that Washington defense. And in doing that, I think that's going to open up the passing game a little bit to where J.J. McCarthy is not going to be making as big of an impact as Michael Penix, but I think it actually increases, you know, the amount of threat on the in the air and on the ground so i i i can see that as an advantage to michigan so i'm taking michigan in a very 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 close one but i I, like you made nothing but valid points and i i I wouldn't i like that we're all close yeah i like that i don't think one team's gonna run away with it at all yeah um i think this is probably one of the best national championship games we've had in the last few years coming up um i think it's very closely matched i really want washington to win i really do but i think michigan pulls it off in a very close one but i'm not going with the running game i'm going with their defensive line and linebackers um all they really did tear up Milro. Yeah, you know, leading up to that game they're oh they can't handle the sec speed that's going blah 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 and they did. They stopped the running game from Alabama. They sacked Milrow crazily. And I just – I think that's going to be a big factor into this game. You know, it, it's hard to get those beautiful passes like Phoenix was throwing whenever you have those big guys in your face all game nonstop. I think defense is the factor that will let Michigan win by a touchdown. All right. Yeah, I hate to see big guys in your face. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, all right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, everybody go listen to us on all of our socials and uh, on the, every platform that we listen to or we that we uh, upload to. But uh, until next, next time, casuals, uh, don't get hard counted.